0: hello this is the outspoken podcast with bralado ojokojo and that's me <laughs> uh, on the outspoken podcast I present the gospel of Jesus Christ um, and when I mean the gospel I mean all that there is in the gospel of Jesus Christ meaning the embodiment of everything um the prophecies that he fulfilled um, his message while he was on Earth and the testimony that we have of Jesus Christ from those that walked with him and that's the apostles and how all that speaks to and in our current culture and times. So I started a series on the parables of Jesus, and this is part two. Um, the previous episode is part one. In case you did not listen to that, you can always go back and listen to that. And I'll advise you do because um, it kind of like gives an introduction to this series I'm actually doing. I stated in the last episode that there are between 31 to 60 something parables of Jesus in the book of Mark, Luke, Luke and matthew the synoptic gospels you um you can find them there um, i also stated that um, the count depends on which side of the divide you're on you can listen to all that on the last episode i don't want to go into all that the title of today's episode is the parable of following jesus well there is actually no parable called that but <laughs> i kind of like renamed it for what I, I for what we'll get to see in this particular parable so, the parable of following Jesus is actually the parable of the sower. You find this particular parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 1 to 23, Mark, chapter 4, verse 1 to 20, and Luke, chapter 8, verse 1 to 15. In all these gospel accounts, the parable appears to be the first parable Jesus used in teaching. To be clear, this wasn't his first teaching. This is the first parable that kind of like gets the highlight. We see this in Mark, we see this in Luke, and we also see this in Matthew. Now, some so, some may argue that this isn't because of some proverbial sayings that may appear before this parable. But in the first episode, I actually touched on this, so you can always go back to that. Now, here are some second details that may seem to vary in each account. Let me highlight some. So, um, there are things that in, in in the in the telling of this particular parable in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, um, there may be slight differences, but just to put this out there, they are actually secondary details. Um, so how um, Mark may decide to state something may be different from how Luke states something or how Matthew actually puts it. And they are just um, two notable ones that I just want to bring out here. Only Mark mentions Jesus' asking, Don't you understand this parable? How then would you understand any other parable so this was when jesus christ was asked for the meaning of the parable and in jesus christ telling the meaning of this particular parable he said this matthew doesn't account for this um luke doesn't also account for jesus saying this now it doesn't mean jesus didn't say it but for particular reasons they left it out um i will explain that in a short while luke doesn't mention the yield of the good soil in specific so in terms of the amount um mark and matthew give tell us in 30, 60, 10fold. Luke just says they produce a crop about those on the rocky soil Luke says the plants withered because they had no moisture matthew and mark says they sprang up quickly because they were shallow and it looks like they're saying two different things so what just happened in this scenario and we will see it when we go ahead and read this particular seed grew up so quickly but it just it just got scorched by the sun and the reason for that because it had no depth now They gave two different reasons why this happened, from what they said. And I like to say this, and this is what I said earlier I was going to say. I like to say this, that when we um, look at the Gospels, um, we must understand that for each of the writers of each of the Gospels, they wrote from their context. They wrote from their backgrounds. They wrote from um, everything about who they are. Yes, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these scriptures, but they were writing in the grammar that they knew. They're writing in the styles that they knew and they're writing for different audiences. So sometimes the choice of words, the choice of details um, was impacted based on this certain context. I don't want to, most of the times Christians will use it in like, oh, they wrote from their perspectives. But that sounds a lot too subjective in a sense. And that may go on to impact on, um, on the truth of this actual gospel, which is not subjective in a sense. We must understand that we were writing from, I don't want to use the word different perspectives, but they're writing based on their context, who they were, where they were, who they were writing to, um, the language they were writing in. Yes, they wrote in Greek, um, the grammar and the styles, and for the audience, because they wanted the audience to understand what they were saying, and they had an intent for why they were writing what they were writing. So that is very important, and that is why um, Luke me want to say, come on, was no moisture and this guy may just say it was shallow but at the end of the day they are counting for the same result of what happened so that's all i could pick secondary details like i said the core and the reference elements of this parable is exact in all three so um luke does not look does not say oh they were three or they were two he sticks to four Mark sticks sticks to four and matthew sticks to four the result of each of them and the why for why they had those results. I, was, I still clear. it's just the secondary details and the wordings and the grammar and the styles that are different. And I just want us to know that. So I'm going to read the parable from the Bible. I'm reading in, I'm reading for Mark instead, reading for Mark instead. Um, Mark's account of it. And I'm reading in the New International Version. Yeah, that's my favorite translation. And again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the, on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching, he said, so he was teaching and he was just generally teaching and was teaching them many things by parables. This is very important to note. So um, this was not the only parable he taught. He was teaching them many things. And he decided to drop this particular parable. And he says, listen, a farmer went out to sow seeds, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where he did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Talked about this. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, others fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying in 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked about the parables, and he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they may turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then would you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes. Takes away the word that was sown in them. So Satan is like the like the birds that come and eat it up. They fell on the path. Others are like seeds sown on the rocky places. Hear the word, at once, receive it with joy. So they hear the word actually. They receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a, cup, a, a crop, Sorry, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So examine the four scenarios. First of all, like I stated in the previous episode, we can read different meanings into this parable than the meaning that Jesus Christ intended his listeners. One thing is clear here. When Jesus Christ was talking about this parable, there's a meaning he had to it. There's what does a meaning to derive from this in its entirety. Um, He didn't leave it open. There was something he wanted they to understand. And the foundation of this this parable is actually... The foundation for every other parable that jesus christ was teaching on and one of the things we must understand about parables and the why behind parables is that jesus was trying to communicate the kingdom his kingdom the kingdom of god and the parables was was what was the medium by which he was communicating and teaching of this kingdom to people to these listeners to people that were coming to hear him and that's really very important and this is what he's saying that by this parable you understand everything I'm going to teach about the kingdom. In other words, if you don't understand this, you don't get this. So this parable is like the prerequisite to understanding everything I'm going to teach after this. Like if you get this, getting the others wouldn't be a problem. Having understanding of the others wouldn't be a problem. That what is to come will follow the pattern of what this is. And that is very clear. Okay, so first of all, like I stated in the previous episode, we can read a different meaning into this parable than the meaning Jesus Christ intended. To his listeners jesus used parables chiefly to communicate that which couldn't be plainly seen of the kingdom of god and the chief aim of the parable was to teach his kingdom the chief aim of the parable of the parables was to teach his kingdom so before we examine this truth, jesus was communicating with this parable let's spell out what the elements are the seed is the word of god stated there the word the word of god i can call it the gospel I'll see it as the gospel, and I'll tell you why I'll call it the gospel. It's the word of God. The soil is people. The soil is people. And Jesus Christ, kind of like in explaining the meaning of the parable, stated it out there. The seed is the word of God. The soil is people. The sower is not told. We may say it's the preacher, some may say it's Jesus, but Jesus himself did not tell us who the sower is. He just said the sower is a farmer. And I, I and since Jesus is not saying anything, I think I'd rather be quiet because so, but I, I, I think it won't be a wrong assumption to I want to say it's Jesus or I want to say it's a preacher. I think it's fine. I think we can, we can have, in quote, a kind of like text, textual license to come to that conclusion and it, it wouldn't be a problem. There seems to be a progression of some sort. and one key, key actor in this narrative that we see that's really spelled out there. The birds is the devil. It's only obvious at the first scenario. And for me, that was just very, very important that the devil was always was obvious at the first scenario. It was obvious. He came and he stole. But what I believe, he uses other means in the second and the third. He uses the pressures that come for the sake of the world, the persecution. He's behind that. He's behind the worries of this life and the deceitful net of world. It never looks obvious. It never looks obvious. But he's behind it. But in these times, he's not. It's not obvious. That's what I. That's what I see from this. The first set of people are those who don't believe the gospel after hearing, because only those who believe are saved. Clearly, only those who hear and understand are saved, and believe are saved. Because um, in hearing and you accept what you hear, um, it means that you you bring yourself to believe what you've heard. You're saved. Clear and simple. The first set of people are those who don't believe the gospel after hearing because only those who believe are saved and the devil actively steals the truth from them through unbelief. Someone who doesn't understand will not believe and will have unbelief in his heart because he doesn't understand and will remain an outsider. The second set believe and are excited but troubles come with the believing and it makes them abandon their faith. They are excited. Wow. Wow. I believe this gospel i believe the word of god i'm following jesus but persecution comes for the sake of the word for believing him and they chicken out and they run and 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 the the, the picture that is used for persecution is sun that's the heat of persecution comes the heat of the pressure comes and he scotches them and they stop believing stop believing Jesus actually talks about such believers in the last days. Actually, if you read the Olivet, the Olivet's message of Jesus Christ, which you find in Matthew twenty-four, you also see in Mark thirteen, and it's in Luke Luke twenty-one. I think um, you could go check it out where Jesus Christ talking about the last days when they were asked when disciples asked Jesus Christ when would the end come, and Jesus Christ was really now the events that would lead to the end. One of the things that would lead to the end is that um, there's going to be a great falling away. And this is going to happen because of the pressure that will come in believing the gospel and in following Jesus Christ. And many would abandon the faith. Actually, many would abandon the faith. Interesting stuff. And the truth about this is that we're seeing some of these things in our day. Because of the pressure of following Jesus Christ, some have abandoned the faith. I've seen it in people. There are situations where I've been in those situations and the options are there. And by the grace of God, I'm thankful that I have stood and have kept on following the Lord and it's by his grace. They fall away because they have no root. This is very essential. We talk about this more. They have no root. Their belief in Jesus has no depth. depth. The third set are those who hear the word. Believe it. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires that come in, choke the word. And the Greek word for choke means to strangle completely, literally to strangle completely. That is to drown these the life of the seed, the life of the seed sown is taken away. Chokes the world, it's taken away. Just imagine that. So struggle strangled when, when someone is strangled. One of the things that happen is that um the person lo- loses his life. It means that the flow of oxygen is stopped, and oxygen is life, life in the body. It's 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 taken away, it's taken away. There's no breathing space for the seed, no breathing space for the seed it's not breathing space for the seed two things i get from this parable is that the good soil are those who are not like the previous three and one of the things that you see like i stated you see in this parable like it feels like there's a progression in some sort um it feels like okay it first those who don't understand the word, but there are those that receive it receive it with joy they are excited but along the path pressure comes and they lose and are those that also receive it and excited and everything but they lose focus Because the worries of this life, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of wealth, all come in and they lose it and he chokes the word, chokes the word. Now the fourth is the one that actually goes through all these phases, all these phases, all these stages progressively. And he excels in all this. The fourth soil, the fourth set of people are those who are not like the other Previous three, in other words, there's something about them that is different. It's not that they don't have the same experiences. So it's not that this this it is not the environment of the soil that was different. It's the content of the soil that was different, and what that soil was was made up of that was different. But the environment was still the same. It's the same sun. It's the same environmental factors. It's the same weeds that are growing around it. But there was something different about it. There was something different. So first thing, the good soil are those who are not like the previous three. And the second, Jesus wanted his hearers, those listening, the intent. Jesus wanted those listening to be like the fourth soil. He obviously didn't want them to be like the first. He didn't want them to be like the second. He didn't want them to be like the third. He wants them to be like the fourth. Because the fourth is what he's about. The fourth are those who produce. And what was the fourth soil like? First, it believed. Jesus wants his hearers to believe the gospel and to understand it, not to be on the pathway where the devil can steal, not to be those who are full of unbelief. He wants them to believe, to believe his word. Secondly, he wants them to have roots. Jesus wanted his hearers to hold on to the gospel, even in difficult times, hold on to his word, even in difficult times, no matter the pressure. And that's why he says in, you see this in Matthew, you also see it in Mark where he says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. He wants his hearers. He wants those that will follow him, those that believe in him to hold on to his word. Even when the persecution is tough, even when the pressure, even when the heat of the pressure is on his highest, he wants them to hold on to his word. And we see this in the life of the people who were his disciples afterwards. If there's anything Jesus promised to his disciples and to those who would follow him, is that precious will come. Paul even stated in Timothy that those that would live righteously will face persecution. In other words, those that would live following Christ and following him, that will live in this right relationship with Christ. I saw a meaning of righteousness today, I think, Sedeq, which means right relationship. Those that will live in the right relationship with Christ right relationship with christ persecution will come for you jesus christ said to his disciples if the world hates me they will hate you also and when someone hates you they turn up the pressure around you if they are around you and we're in the world where he wants us to hold on to his word it's the only way we would not stop following him or stop doing what he says or stop living for him and that's why that's why i say this parable is the parable of following jesus the second thing is that Jesus didn't want his, his disciples to be driven by the desires of this life worries of this life the deceitfulness of riches and things that this world has to offer the best of these things that this world has to offer and that's why jesus christ says that um, said that a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of things you are not defined by the, your possessions or by everything you have jesus wants us to find our identity in him and the moment we start focusing on other things and focusing on things that um are not of his kingdom don't no longer seek his kingdom first and only once we lose our focus and you know the 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 description of these things are tons and weeds in other words you are planted and as you're growing weeds are growing around you so he's not jesus is not saying he's going to take them away there's a time for that he's not going to take away the corruption the pressure all these things. They're going to be around, but the result of your life is not based on those things being around. The result of your life is how you respond. In other words, you can be around thorns and weeds and still flourish. But it all starts by you holding on to God's word, holding on to the words of Jesus, following hard after them and making them your focus and not the things around, not the worries of this life. You know, the devil took Jesus Christ in the mountain and showed him the glories of this world and told him he was going to give him everything everything and that is the same thing and jesus christ have said wow this makes sense in fact he could have made the excuse that oh i can use these things to to reach out to people <laughs> some of the things we hear today that your life is not driven that your desire for life your desire for living your goal when you wake up every morning is to have all that this world has to have and that's why paul says right to timothy that godliness and contentment is great gain, not the best that this world has to offer. Contentment is great gain. And the fourth thing is that therefore, if you hold on to his word, if you don't allow the pressures, if you take your roots down, Let me mention something about depth. Some, sometimes people say things like, Oh, I don't want to be deep. I just want to, it's enough. Um, it's like a thirsty man saying he doesn't want to be full, it's like a hungry man saying he doesn't want to be full. That's kind of like that's kind of like an irony. If there's so much of God to grab, and if there's if there's it's like a tree that really wants to grow so high and produce more fruits. Saying, I, I really don't want to be fruits. Go, go, go so down. I don't want to go so down. There's, there are depths in God to know. There are depths in God to know. There are depths he wants us to. Because those depths are not just places we go. Those depths are where we, where our fruits go. And they give us stability in our growth. Because the same sun that scorches the plant or the tree that has no roots or has no moisture or is shallow it's the same it's the same sun that's on the plant or the tree that has deep roots and it's not being scorched by the sun because it has enough moisture so and, and that's why luke uses moisture because when the heat is turned up you need water and because you are going down you know you have you have more water down below than you have at the surface so when your roots go down you tap from that water you tap from that water. So when the heat is turned up, there's enough to moisturize the plant and the fruit going above. So that no matter the heat, you're fine and you're okay. You're fine and you're okay. I just needed to touch on that because that came into my mind when I was reading this. So therefore, Jesus wants you to produce. Jesus wants his hearers and those who believe the gospel to bear fruit. Now, a seed only produces of his kind. And what that means is that Jesus wants you To produce of your kind. To produce of your kind. And you only do that if you're the tree that doesn't scorch under pressure. You're the tree that is not focused on what this world has to offer. Or focused on his kingdom. Although the four, only one wins. And that's what Jesus wants us to be. Wants us to be the winner. Those indeed are his disciples. The ones he's coming for. Very critical. This parable for me shows... The ways people respond to God's word, the gospel. Those who don't believe, those who start believing but stop at some point because of the pressure. Those who start believing but lose it. Those who believe, continue believing and they never stop. They keep producing of their kind. That's what Jesus wants us to In reading this parable recently, I got a clear understanding that, you know, it's why I came to the conclusion that this is the parable of actually following Jesus and not just Um, certain part of the word that addresses certain issues of our lives. It can apply in that sense. But what I'm saying is that this is the parable of following Jesus. Because this would happen for following Jesus. Pressure will come. Distractions will come. But we have to keep on following the Lord. It clearly opened my eyes to see that believing in the gospel of Jesus is for the long haul. Jesus shows us in this parable how a seed can become a tree that is fruitful and lasting and why seeds never make it to that same stage not because anything was wrong with the seed but the soil they were on was the problem and that's people so the message for me in this is following jesus is for the long haul distractions will come pressure will come what makes me what makes me overcome the pressure will be that i am going for depth i'm going for depth so when the heat of the pressure comes i won't be running low on moisture The reason why christians bow out under pressure that comes with following christ is because they are running low on moisture they are not going deep their roots are not touching water their roots are not down that's why they dry up that's why they dry up the reason why many after following the lord for years somehow their desires are not on the lord anymore is because they are going after other things jesus christ rightly said You cannot serve two masters. I love how um, my chancellor in university, Bishop Edebo, David Edebo, said this, that God once told him, that if you're looking, can you make one eye look up and the other one look down? No. The moment you turn your eyes up, the two of them are looking up. You cannot separate. And God was trying to tell him, using what Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot be looking at me and looking at another. It will choke me. And, you know, the word choke also comes in the fact that what James says in James, I think James 4, where he says that the love of this world chokes the love of the Father. No, in James, sorry. In First John, when John says that the love of this world chokes the love of the Father. You can love this world, what this world has to offer, the glories of this world, the wealth of this world, the ambitions of this world. The key is you can love it and go for it and go for God. No, it squeezes out the love of the Father. Very important in the parable of following jesus the message is clear the seed has been sown the ball is in my cut the seed becoming a tree is left to my actions it's left to my decisions it's left to how much i take god's word and what i do with it the depths i will go the focus on him i would have and that's the message of the parable of the sower which i've called the parable of following jesus i trust this was good for you this is the outspoken podcast with Bralador, and we're on a series titled Parables. That's the parables of Jesus, the parables that Jesus used to communicate secrets of his kingdom, his teaching on the kingdom. Until the next episode, I would go into another parable, but like I said, it's a limited series and I'm not taking parables straight on the Outspoken podcast. Once in a while, I'll talk about something else and then get back to the series. I may even pick up another series in between and get back to the series. And it's just how. God is leading me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. God bless you.